Good evening and welcome to NUFC Matters Five Minute Rant Show, the show that gives you the chance to have your say. I'm joined by my co-host and good friend Pete Davy. How are you doing, Pete? Very well, very well. You good, mate? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we say it every week, but as good as we can be. Um, yes. And it's certainly never ever a dull moment in the world of Newcastle United, and I think again this week proves exactly the same. Yeah. Absolutely, mate. Do you know what? This is one of the few weeks where I didn't get chance to watch the game um, live, so I, I didn't get the opportunity because I was out and about. Um, but I did watch, you know, obviously the extended highlights later on. And to say I was pissed off is probably an understatement because, like I discussed with your pre-show, I feel like there's a couple of players, especially. Um, I'll touch on it later, but a couple of players, especially, who I feel really let us down at the weekend. Mm. I mean, what what was your overall view of the game, Pete? Before we bring our first guest on. Um, overall feeling, should I say? Well, I did watch the game slight, ever so slightly drunk, um, <laughs> celebrating my birthday, which is actually tomorrow. But celebrating that at the weekend to give us a chance to have a bit of a, a beer or twelve or thirteen, um, <laughs> and I couldn't help but be shocked. And it's hard to be shocked as a Newcastle fan, but shocked at a number of things, um, and if. If you don't mind me saying, I'll, I'll go into a couple of those things. Um, oh, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, I said it in my tweet on Saturday evening. Um, when you start the game with Isaac Hayden playing as your furthest midfielder, tracking the strikers and playing as an, effectively as a number 10, yeah. um, as an attacking midfielder, at that point, there's already alarm bells ringing. And that was after two or three minutes. And I'm thinking, hold on again, hold on. Like, for a guy that actually played half decent at Watford, just playing in front of the back four, and it was obviously played in the back four, to then playing as an attacking midfielder and seeing Sean Longstaff as sitting in front of the defence, you know that there's problems ahead. You know that it's not right. You can see it. You can see that it's not right. Um, and it proved to be the case. Um, after that, um, a couple of goalkeeping howlers, uh, and I'm sure we'll get onto that. Uh, um, so I'm not going to say anything more on that. Um, and you know what? The how deflated the fans were even before the game. Now I've heard from a, a few fans that were there, and they all said the same about how deflated the fan base was, the lack of chanting, the lack of positivity, the lack of support for the players. And this is this is not when it was nil nil. Uh, sorry, uh, one nil or or two one. This is at nil nil. This is early on in the game. There's no reaction. There's no buzz around the stadium. I've talked Tom. I've talked a lot about you know the Watford game. Uh, and the old traffic game, and you were there obviously as well. And you, you kind of got a sense that a bit of a buzz around the game, uh, and the fans you could sense that the fans were up for it. And it was obvious we were we were supporting the boys right from the beginning. There was nothing, there was nothing yeah. from the fans, very, very quiet, um, no support, very little chanting. And that for me spelt problems all over. Um, and when you're a player and you're not playing well and you haven't got the backing of the fans and the fans can't seem to get behind you, there's always going to be problems there. But look, let's face it, Wolves were shocking. Wolves yeah. were shocking. Yeah. And you could hear over the course of the 90 minutes, the Wolves fans getting on their back of how bad they were. But yet, 
They beat us 2-1. So how bad does that make us look? That they were shy and they still pick up three points and win the game comfortably. That's what I. That's what just pisses me off about this fucking club at the moment. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you. I think you put it really well, Mason. This is the problem, isn't it? Like the Hayden one. Hayden was one of my players, funnily enough. And it, it, when I watched, as I say, I didn't see the whole game, but you know the extended highlights. The two goals came from Isaac Hayden. Yeah, and if he's being played out of position, which I wasn't aware, I just naturally assumed he'd be in the holding position. But Val Jimenez just shrugs him off, absolutely shrugs him off, and then in the far, I think it was in the the far left hand side, he just got burnt, didn't he? Burnt by um, the goal scorer. I can't even pronounce his name. I'll probably get it wrong. Um, he just he just didn't look comfortable. He didn't look. And and this goes back to what I've been saying for a while, Pete. For me, Isaac Hayden should really be playing at centre back. I don't, he he doesn't offer very much in defence for me in terms of a midfield. And going forward, it's non-existent. So to play him in an attacking role of the midfield is just baffling. Yeah. Why, why Bruce has chosen to do that, I don't know. When you've got Sean Longstaff, who's arguably been in, you know, some of the best form we've seen since he was getting linked to Man United. And so if that's the case. And yeah. scored our last goal yeah. from that yeah. similar position. You yeah. know, it's, it's been well documented that Sean Longstaff has been playing better in the last two or three games and he's looked more like his old self. Why put him in the defensive midfield position when you know that he's better at getting forward and getting on the end of things on the edge of the box? Like, why put him in a position where he's sitting at, on top of the back four, getting passy? You know, that's no better than John Joe Shelby. And we got yep. John Joe Shelby's back for playing exactly yeah, the same role. Sean Langstaff's playing the same role. He's not defensively capable. He's not a great tackler of the ball. Hayden's probably our best tackler of the board in the team, but he's still not even that good. No, he's not. On a regular basis. It it just, it almost feels, and I know, I know we've, you know, we'll we'll get onto this as the show goes on. It almost feels to me like Bruce is doing this fucker on purpose. Yeah, yeah. I was, you know what, Pete? I was just about to say before you started that, I was just going to say it begs the question either. Is it the player's responsibility to turn around, you know, and let's say let's say Bruce suggested Hayden's playing the attack midfield role. Is it up to the players to kind of gang up together and just go, listen, we're not doing that? Absolutely no way. Or is it Bruce being adamant about playing, you know, the this formation or this way? And he's basically trying to get the sack, with, you know, without, <laughs> without actually making it obvious. He's trying to get himself sacked yeah. and get himself out, out of this club as soon as possible. Because if he carries on doing what he's doing, and coming out with, you know, the crap he's coming out with in post-match conferences, saying, oh, we'll keep plugging away, we'll keep trying. If you're playing players in the wrong position, which he's renowned for anyway, but when you've got a defensive midfielder and you're playing them in an attacking role and an attacking midfielder and you're playing them in a defensive role, surely you're asking for trouble. You're not right. You're not wrong, sorry. You're not wrong at all. Um, We are a recipe for disaster. We look more set for relegation than even maybe the likes of Norwich and Norwich are rock bottom right now. But what you could say about Norwich and what they've shown in a couple of games is that they've got a little bit of fight about them. And they've got a plan. They've got a manager who's got a plan. He knows what he's doing. All right. It's not panning out at the moment, but he knows how the team's set up, how they're going to play football. All right. It's, it's not working out as we've said, but with Bruce, it feels like he's got all the ammunition and he's just not using it. He's, he's, you know, and it goes back again. Sorry, I'll, I'll stop in a moment. But it goes back again to the Dwight Gale thing. 
you, you've got a striker there. All right, we we don't think he. Well, a lot of people think don't think he's Premier League standard. But why isn't he playing him to fit round the team and get the players in the positions that you want them to be in? Why isn't Dwight Gale starting up front when he's an out and out striker? That's that's his role. He knows how to play the role. And we've said it before, Pete, two or three times. If you give Dwight Gale a run of three or four games, I think you see a different player. But if he's thinking to himself, you know, I'm 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 getting benched, and then I might get 15, 20 minutes here and there. He's not getting enough time to make impact. You're right, and I'm, um, you know. I've said this before last season. If you're if you're Dwight Gale and you've got Callum Wilson injured and you haven't got another recognised striker because you know Joe Linton's playing on the left, you've got Alan St. Maxwell playing as a frontline striker, and you still cannot get in the team, you've got no future at the club. And it no. goes back to the point. We can feel sorry for Dwight Gale all we want, and we can demand that he plays more minutes, but I'm sorry. Dwight Gale knew this before signing a three-year extension on his deal. He knew this was going to happen. He didn't play last season when we had Alice at Maximinau, Callum Wilson, Miguel Miron. When we had all of our attacking intent players out injured, he never got a kick. No. He never got a kick. So if he's not going to get a kick in that situation, what makes him think that he's going to get a kick this season? So why sign a deal? Yeah. You know, why sign a deal? And it goes back to my point that he signed for money and money only. If he had any ounce of respect for his own career, his own footballing career, right, he would have left. He yeah, might have not got paid the same level of wages at a club that he would have gone to on a free. But I tell you what, he'd be playing every week. And whether it was at the top end of the championship with the likes of West Brom, who are pretty much pissing the league right now, or it was a bottom-end Premier League team like someone like a Norwich or somebody else like a Watford, who I think probably would have took him, he'd have been playing a lot more minutes right now and he would have been enjoying his football a hell of a lot more and maybe probably, what, 10 grand less a week? Yeah. You look at your career and you think, you know, I want to play football. I'm 31, 32 years old. I want to play football. He yeah. did not think that. He knew he wasn't going to play and still sign the deal. So for me, he's got no one to blame but himself. I don't feel sorry for him. No, I don't. I don't. Uh, but, 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 but ultimately, you're right. You know, he's the only striker on the books at the moment with Callum Wilson injured and he needs to play. So. We're in, we're in a difficult position, but Terry Davidson makes a great point. Good evening, everyone. I wonder what the topic of discussion is tonight. There could be a number of. Where do we start? Where do we start? I think Chris is going to get into talking about one of the main things with our guest in the background. Yes, yes. Well, I that brings us on nicely to our first guest. So, welcome to the show, Alan Thompson. How are you doing, Alan? Thank you, lads, for having us on again. Um, yeah, thanks for coming back on, mate. No problem. Um, everything you said in the intro, lads, I totally agree with. Um, one player you've never even really touched on is Miggy, who's out of position. Yeah. And he yeah. was apparently yeah. by most people shocking on Saturday. Um, running around a lot, but very poor. Um, so as far as tactics are concerned, we had three. Like I said last week, lads, we've got three central defenders, 32 plus. And the PSM where team is frankly slow. I mean, that's what's doing with any team that plays we're now with a bit of pace gets behind our back line and we're snuggered. We're absolutely yeah. snuggered. The tactics after half an hour when Willick got uh, taken off injured, whether it's Graham Jones or you know Steve Bruce, they went back with flat back five, I believe. So it changes again instead of staying with us, the back four 
Um, so the tactics are, are poor. Um, from what I gather, I totally agree, Pete, from what I gather, that the atmosphere was dreadful amongst the fans. So the apathy, never mind the home, never mind the home atmosphere. The way fans have been away in the past many times and the atmosphere is fantastic away from home more than at home, away from home there is. Um, but it's even affecting the fans away from home now. Um, so basically the tactics, and again, I'll use one of Steve Bruce's great comments. Uh, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Well, I'm afraid a lot of people drink PG tips and Tetley, and he must be drinking Earl Grey because not many people like Earl Grey. <laughs> and he's got to go. He's got to go. But Willie, generally, anybody out there in the last 24, 48 hours, like I said last week, Pete, there's, there's no, no sign of him. Any decent club like Watford sacked my manager. They've got Claudio Ranieri on the training pitch the next year. Would we do that? It would be a force. It would be betting who's going to be our next manager. And you can bet your bottom dollar where people have got Lampard, Eddie Hill. It'll be somebody. He's got no intention of sacking him. His sole focus is selling the club. But in the meantime, well, like the Titanic going down with the deck chairs. You know, we are sinking as fast as it come. I mean, I put it on the podcast, one of the podcasts yesterday. I can quite easily, and it's shameful even see it, I can quite easily see with being a Sheffield, like, like last year, going 15, 20 games without a win. Yeah. And teams being embarrassed, thinking, oh, I don't want to be the team that gets beat off Newcastle. Yeah. Like we yeah. were. I could tell last year, we would be the first ones to get beat off Sheffield United. It was written in the stars last year. And I think we could be the same because the fixtures, I don't know if you've seen the, the fixtures, uh, the next four, but like I said again last week, Christmas and at the end, but the next four fixtures, lads, how many points out there do you think we'll get? Bright, we've got Crystal, uh, sorry, Tottenham, Crystal Palace, Chelsea and Brighton. I saw the Chris. I don't know about you, lads, but I saw the last 20 minutes of the Crystal Palace Leicester game yesterday and it frightened us because Crystal Palace were far better than I've ever seen yeah. we this season. Yeah, yeah they, they really improved, and, haven't they? I agree, Alan. And I thought to myself, and I re regard Crystal Palace as one of our relegation rivals and I'm thinking, they're way above us, judging by form at the minute. Southampton, the fourth bottom, and yet their excuse, quite rightly, is they've played Man United, Chelsea, Everton, Arsenal, in the first seven games. How have, how have we played Portland Man United? It is absolutely frightening. And Ashley's deserting the ship. He's not in the building. And basically, the pundits again, that's, I mean, Danny Murphy on match of the day. What was saying, what we're doing all right? Would he have accepted that off Liverpool, Man United, Chelsea? Also, you name it, Tottenham, Everton, a team that's got three points out of 21, and you're accepting, saying they've done pretty well. Oracle Solskjaer's under pressure, and he's third or fourth in the league. I, I, it just beggars belief. And the, one of the pundits this week on, you know, saying, he, he's apparently a Newcastle fan saying, St. Maximans, he's too good for this club. Well, what is he saying by that statement? which grates on me when people say 
is too good for the club. You're saying that you never want to be number one because you've got to have 11 great players to win the league or be in the top four. You've got to have them players. You want to build them. So that means Ronaldo is too good for Man United. Is Mo Salah too good for Liverpool? Does any Liverpool or Man United fans see that? It's it's defeatism. Um, you know, like I say, the fixtures um, are frightening when you look at them. Um, I do believe the cat case went our way on points, but we're still in the same situation, lads, until some ex officially announced whether it runs and then the date, which I believe it'll be months in the future. I want it to be next week and then the date set before Christmas so we can put pressure on on the Premier League. And I mean, that photograph with Masters next to Daniel Levy at Tottenham oh, was, you know, it surely have some common sense when you've been linked with Tottenham, being linked to one of the clubs that have stopped Watier over. Surely have some common sense and don't be seen. That is just, as, as he's trying to say, well, I've got nothing to hate, so that's why I'm there. It, it's it's terrible look. Absolute terrible. No PR look at all. Um, I, I just cringe that we're, we're, like I say, we're taking over, it's getting stopped. And it would be our look that we get it through and the, 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 the buyers back out because we're heading for the championship, as quite a few people said in the last 24 hours. That would be our look and that would be Absolutely sold us fine for everyone. Um, like I say, um, where we're heading, it, it is it is absolutely frightening. Um, because Bruce is it's like a hamster wheel, lads. It really is. Bruce doesn't want to go for his payoff. Ashley's not gonna sack him because he doesn't want to pay him the, 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 the money to sack him. Uh and I get the feeling it's sinking through the fans, even that. Shouting Bruce out isn't going to do anything at all oh. because I, I, I genuinely believe no decent manager. I mean, we've been linked, you know, people see on it like Chris Whaler would jump at the chance. Would he? I don't know. I don't know. Any decent manager worth his salt would he actually entertain Newcastle at the minute? This is the problem we've got, Alan. This is absolutely yeah. the problem we've got. And, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned there about Chris Wilder. Would he take the job? Would anybody take the job? Because as you say, it, it, it feels like something is bubbling away and they could potentially only be in the job for, what, less than 10 games? And yeah. this is this is the problem we've got. And going back to what you said about Mike Ashley and people shouting for him to be out, for me, I, I do agree with what you're saying. And I, I've been one of the people saying, you know, it, need, it needs to be a big collective. It's no point hearing it once or twice a game by like one or 2,000 fans. It's got to be the stadium rocking. It needs to make an impact. Now, I know that's difficult. That's my next point, Chris. I was actually going to say that. It needs 40,000, 50,000 fans yeah, and one in mass Ashley out in Premier League. Get it sorted. Because it's no good shouting for Bruce out. That's not the problem. Yeah. It's Ashley and the yeah. Premier League. And the only... The only light at the end of the shining tunnel for me is basically if they got together and sorted it out before even arbitration started. But I don't know if that will ever happen, you know. Um, like most fans, I think we're all on the floor at the minute and we're frightened. Basically, I'm, I'm scared now. And that's seven games into the season. It's a frightening thought because I'm looking at 
will we even get 20 points this season? It's um, because you don't know when you know the next win's going to come from because he's playing people out of position all the time. I didn't know about the Hayden thing, uh, Pete, about him being up front and showing Longstaff, like I said last week. Longstaff should have been up front. You know, he played superbly. He got uh, injured against Bournemouth a couple of seasons ago, playing like a false number 10, as a, as Bruce would call it. And he played superbly, and I think that's his best position up front, <laughs> further further up front anyway, not a defensive thing in front of the back four. Sean Longstaff is a number 10. Yeah. Uh, he's, for me, he's not even a sentiment for it as a number 10. Yeah, I and agree. I think if he played, played him right, he would he would be an effective Premier League player, but he's a player, and for all the frustrations that we have with Sean Langstaff, he's a player that at this point in his career, certainly in the last two years, needed to to have been coached to be a better player. We've talked, me and Chris have talked about this before. So if you look at Sean Langstaff before he got injured under Rafa Benitez, was being talked about as just as good, if not better, than the likes of Declan Rice. Now, yeah. you look at where their careers have gone during that period, and I talked about this uh, with some of the loaded lads uh, a few weeks ago. You look at where their careers have gone. So, yes, he had a difficult injury and he was out for a period of time. He missed the rest of the season, but he came back. Now, in that time, Declan Rice has gone on to another level to the point where yeah, he's he been valued at the best part of 100 million and you know Manchester United are seriously looking at signing him um you then you then look at that situation and think right he's now an England regular he's not just a bit part player he's a starter he played every game pretty much in the Euros and then you look at the situation with right could they not play together and then you look at the fact that Calvin Phillips has gone from championship to Premier League and actually overtook Sean Longstaff and is now a regular alongside Declan Rice. And at that point, when Sean Longstaff was playing in the Premier League and got injured, he was way above Calvin Phillips. Nobody even knew who Calvin Phillips was at that point. And you look at them now, and they're like polar opposites in terms of ability. Calvin Phillips has been, again, banded about as a top-level player, playing alongside Declan Rice, got to the Euros final. His his values skyrocketed, and his... his you know, the, the way in which people look at him now is, is a top-level Premier League player. The difference is, is that he's been coached. He's been coached to be better over that period of time, where Steve Bruce hasn't coached Sean Longstaff because he doesn't know how to. And this is the problem that we're going to have, is that I think, ultimately, with his contract running out in the summer, ultimately, he would want to stay at Newcastle. But he can't possibly stay at Newcastle because if he stays at Newcastle, he will stagnate and you will see this Sean Longstaff up until he's the best part of 28, 29 years old. You won't see any better. He has got the capabilities of being better, but he has to be coached to be better. And this goes back to your point, and, and you made a good point about, you know, it, ultimately the problems with Mike Ashley. And you're absolutely right. The ultimate problem is with Mike Ashley, but I'm sorry, Steve Bruce is still a massive, significant problem at this club. Steve Bruce is the immediate problem at this club. And the reason being is because if you take Steve Bruce out and you put one or two of what Chris and yourself have just said of either Chris Wilder or Eddie Howe in that team, this team performs better. Yeah. 
regardless of what you think about Mike Ashley, and regardless of what you think about this club right now, in the in the shit and the turmoil that is in right now, this club could be performing better, and it's not. You look at this squad of players. I'm sorry, I look at that team that we put out against Wolves, and there was um and an ah in about the team because it, it wasn't changed and blah 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 blah. I'm sorry. That team was still good enough to win on Saturday. Yeah. Still more than good enough yeah. to win that game. And all it needs is a manager that's tactically aware, that knows how to work these players, play them in the right positions and do right by these players to set them up in the right way. And we start getting results. Now, if we start getting results, right, everything else about the takeover literally falls into the background. Because as long as we're picking up results and we're playing well, the fans are happy to a certain extent. And you're not going to get this turmoil. You're not going to get this demanding of NUST writing a statement to get Bruce out of the club or to vent off frustrations. You're not going to get all the shit that's come out in the last 24, 48 hours if we've got a manager that knows how to get these players playing. It's as simple as that. That is the priority right now. Nothing else matters. The takeover is going to happen um, at some point. It could happen as early as January. We can't affect that as fans. But yeah. we can affect what happens on the pitch by supporting the players. And we, we're doing that. But the manager is not. The manager is not doing right by this club. And he doesn't deserve to be a manager of a Premier League club. He doesn't deserve to be a manager of Newcastle United. Okay, right. Because this club is bigger right, than anybody. Bigger than Mike Ashley. Bigger than Steve Bruce. right? But we're not showing it right now. And we're not able to show it right now. You made a point about ASM. Is too good for this club. He's not too good for this club. This exactly. club is bigger than ASM. It's as simple exactly. as that. But he's ASM is too good for this team of players. Yeah. He's good. He's too good for this crop of players in this squad. Not too. And this manager. And this manager. Yeah, of course. And this manager. He is. He is too. He's too good for this crop of players, right? And he's outperforming his levels. Um, more so than what he's been, uh, what he should be allowed to under this manager. He's outperforming himself, and he's outperforming himself ultimately to get a move to another club if nothing materialises within the next few months. That's the way it goes at the moment. Bruce needs to leave. He needs to get out of this club, and I don't say that lightly because I always like to get behind my, my managers, oh. the club that I support, regardless of the situation. I was the same with. Alan Pardew, when he was getting stick, uh, I, I would give him stick and, and rightly so. But when it came to game time, I would always get behind the players and get behind the manager because ultimately we want results. But I cannot get behind this manager because this manager is not it's, good enough at it's this level. It's, it's the comments he's made to the fans, Pete, as well. Throughout oh, his reign. That's just an addition. The fact yeah, that he was a similar manager, the fact that he said he never wanted to manage Newcastle, the fact that he's talked down to us and talked about Bionics and, and, you know, these are all additions. Ultimately, the manager's not good enough for a Premier League level. He's not good enough for Newcastle United. It's as simple as that. And the quicker we get Steve Bruce out of this club, the better we will be. I guarantee we will see significant improvements instantly with these players when he leaves this club. And I don't care who we play. If we got rid of him now, 
I, I can guarantee that if someone like Chris Wilder, Eddie Howe, came into this club in the next two or three days, that we would see against Tottenham at St. James's Park a significantly better performance. And it wouldn't matter what players are playing on that pitch. You would see a significantly better performance at Crystal Palace. You would see a significantly better performance against the likes of Brentford and other teams that we're playing in, in the games coming up. Chelsea's and whoever they are, Arsenal away. You would see better performances. I'm not saying we'd win, but you would yeah. see better performances that would show that this team has potential. Okay. And if we did the move now, we could be looking at a much more comfortable position come yeah. January, February time. If we wait until December, which is likely to happen, he was. It looks like Mike Ashley's going to wait until we're what 10, 11, 12 games in. It's typical Mike Ashley. By then, normally we're already in, in a mess right then. So it's going to be harder for a manager to get us out. If we wait too long, right, it's only going to be detrimental to us if we do that. I mean, if, I, if I, sorry, Pete. Oh, I, sorry. Go on, Al. If I time, Pete, I mean, there was a question. Uh, somebody came on the on the panel saying that uh, Ashley would lose a lot of money um, in January if he doesn't do anything and spend in January. Well, I'm sorry for people out there. He made 700 million in the pandemic. He was valued at 3.8 billion, according to Forbes. So Newcastle is just a little jolt on his on his uh, empire. So you know that, that one thing alone. I mean, I stopped going two years ago when Benitez. I mean, I get, I get free tickets through my family when they don't mm. go, but I, I refuse to pay any money to that man until. He goes, but I'm not in the camp of people that I see on the tablets and wherever. Don't go there yet, yet, yet. Support the regime, this, that, and the other. We all love the club, and the part and the part is that are trying to buy the club know, know it because of the amount of numbers and people that go and who are passionate about the club. So no matter what way you look at it, whether you do want to go, like myself now after 20, 30 years being a season ticket holder, after if I went. I said, no more. I'm not giving a penny more money into the club. But don't begrudge the people that want to still support the club. Many of my family still go there. We'll all love the club. Uh, and that's where I'll see you, Pete. Sorry for interrupting, Chris. There's just two I'll... points alone. that A lot of people, you know, they, they shout and say, yeah, 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 you know, give him Ashley money, this, that. You love the club. It's a passion. And that's why parties want to buy the club because of the amount of numbers. Absolutely, mate. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to rush us along. But as always, yeah, Alan, yeah, absolutely sure. fantastic, mate. Really, really appreciate you coming on. You made some fantastic points there, and I'm gonna give you one of these. Alan, listen. Thank you very much, yeah, mate. Thank you very much for coming on. Castle, no, we're exactly the same, mate. Exactly the same. Therapy, mate. Yeah. Therapy. We need it. We're, yeah. We do. It's the only way. Event we're feeling. And everybody that's watching the show will be exactly the same as us three. Yeah. I can bet your bottom Absolutely. Thank Absolutely. you. Thanks for letting us on. Thank you very much, Alan. You take care, mate. Speak to you soon. Do you know what? Alan, when Alan comes on, he always makes loads of points, doesn't he? Doesn't he? But they're all valid. They all they all are valid. And really, you could you could probably have a fifty minute rant with Alan because he, he does make some really good points and he puts them across really well. Uh, probably about six or seven of his points that he made we didn't even touch on. Because uh, I think Bruce took took the majority of the time, but you know, I think he made a really good point in, in right at the end, just before he went off, that it's kind of like, you know, 
I mentioned that it was therapy and he said, you know, this is what we need. We need the opportunity to kind of vent off and, and show our feelings. And this is why we do what we do on here this is why we do this rant show it's not necessarily to just rant and rave but actually it's just to vent your frustrations about what's happening at the moment whether it's the performances whether it's the manager whether it's the takeover whether it's what's happened on social media over the last 48 to whatever hours um it's an opportunity to have your say and this is why we do it because ultimately it gives us an opportunity to share yeah. our opinions as well yeah, it does. Um, it does. And, and this is why we do what we do and this is why we enjoy doing what we do because look you know we're we're all fans of this club we all love this club exactly the same we all have yeah. a passion for this club we all want the best for it and you know ultimately this is the opportunity we have to to say how we feel yeah, no, couldn't agree more, mate. Before we move on to our next guest, um, I just want to quickly whiz through the comments, Pete, because we've had some fantastic questions coming in. Um, so in a, in a quick fire way, if you can, um, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on a couple of these questions. So we've got a question here from Life Goals. Comment section and Pete, when you're online, in the event of staying up and a takeover being completed by PIF and co, which of the current squads would you keep? And then he's, Life Goals here has mentioned the likes of ASM, Wilson, Dubravka, Willich, any others? I mean, I'm assuming they're they're probably the the obvious ones. He's also mentioned here maybe Elliot Anderson, Freddie Woodman, Sean Longstaff, and Lewis in the hope they develop with better players around them. I mean, what what are your thoughts on that, Pete? Um, I wouldn't keep Freddie Woodman. I think he needs to be sold. Um, okay. uh, just go back to the previous one. Sorry, mate. Uh, if you yeah, can. they they're yeah. your steady ones, really. Yeah, ASM Wilson, Debravka, Willock, hundred percent. Um, on the next one, I would go. Um, Jamal Lewis, I would keep Sean Longstaff. I would keep because under a better manager, I think we'd get better performances from Longstaff. And I think um, that would be it. I would be quite comfortable in sending every other player in this squad. Maybe Miggy Almiron. I would keep actually, actually not maybe. I would keep Miggy Almiron because I think he would perform significantly better in this team. I think other than that. I would be quite happy to clear out the rest of that squad. And I think it would be. Now, it wouldn't happen overnight. You wouldn't see a, a blitz of nine or ten players in that squad getting sold. But yeah. over a transition of a year or two, I think you'd get all of them, all of the rest of that squad sold on. Um, the, there's the, there's <clears> a significant <throat> improvement needed in defence, um, in midfield, and certainly up front. Um, I think what you'd find is is that we would get first and foremost. I think our first signing would be a striker, and I think it would be a significantly better striker, even better than Wilson. I think mm. Wilson would become a second fiddle striker or a backup striker. Um, to whoever we'd sign. I think we'd sign um, a top-level defensive midfielder. Uh, I think we would also sign a leader at the back. I actually yeah. think we'd sign a goalkeeper as well. And I actually think Dubravka That's spine, be... isn't it? That's yeah, spine. It, it is the spine. I think Dubravka would become number two. And I think he'd be happy with that. Um, a, a team that's striving. Um, I, I, th I think there'd be a number of players coming in. Um, but yeah, you, you, you would see a significant difference this time next year of this squad if we were taken over in January. I think you'd see one or two big signings being made in January. We've got to remember that it's been 18 months now um, that 
the PIF and the consortium and wait for this takeover. They've they've been they've been denied 18 months of development. You think as a fan base right now, as fans of this club, you think about where we would be now if that takeover went through April 2020, May 2020. You think about where we would be as a club now and the type of players would be signing with that type of investment. You think the PIF are going to want to wait round now, having lost 18 months, that's no. going to make them go harder. Yeah, even harder. And with FIFA Fair Play being relaxed even more so, it means that they can go harder and not be affected by it. So you yeah. would see them splash a fair bit of money. I'm not talking like £100 million players, but they would they would sign significantly better players. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And those players would be coming to us. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you, Pete. An overhaul is needed, but like you say, I, I wouldn't like to see maybe nine, ten players coming in at once. It would be three or four top quality players and then every window trying to shift out, you know, the deadwood, the players that you don't want or the players that you need to improve upon. Yeah. Uh, freeing up the wage bill and then being able to bring in that more high quality player, which is which is what we need badly. And the game like last weekend, for example, is, is you know, it highlights that, doesn't it, that we do need an upgrade in some Pretty big positions as well. Um, okay, so firstly, I just want to say, um, 158 people watching, Pete. 158 people watching us right now, which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it was. It was. 160, 170, absolutely spot on. Yeah. Look, we, we say it all the time. You know, we appreciate every single person that tunes in and watches this show. We appreciate every single person that puts their message on the chat. There's so many that we can't keep up with it half the time. Yes, it's hard, so we apologise it? for hard. that. But yeah. Honestly, the stuff that you guys say in the chat and, and the guys that watch it watch the show, you know, it's, well, we, we absolutely, you know, 100% appreciate it and forever grateful for the support. Yeah. Absolutely. Ryan Sweeney, big shout out to you, mate. Thank you very much for the donation. Um, all the all money donated does go towards uh, the content. You know, obviously, Steve Steve does this all for free. So it, it all goes towards, you know, helping him provide a better service for you all. So big thank you for that. Um, another question off Life Goals here, Pete. Uh, if a 15 million January offer came in for Miggy and the money was guaranteed to be spent on new players or a player, would you say yes? He's a good athlete, but so impotent? Nope. I keep nope. him. Right. Happy with we, we, we are guaranteed, right, that if Miggy leaves for whatever fee he goes for, now, you know, we paid 16 million for him. So I'm not I'm not willing to lose a million for him because although, you know, he's in a Premier League team that's fighting for relegation, in my opinion, that's still significantly better than playing in the MLS. So for me, I think he's improved as a player. I think he's better now, although we're not seeing him tear teams apart in the MLS. The MLS, with all due respect, is a, is a, is a downgrade. Um, and we've got to remember, that we were seeing signs of Almiron playing really, really well under Benitez. You think in the last two years, under Rafa Benitez, he would be performing significantly better right now. He would yeah. be a completely different player. I, I am absolutely assured of it. And any other manager that comes into this team will look at Miguel Almiron and see the quality that he possesses and play him in the right position. Like it's, it's, it's so obvious. It's so obvious that, you know, where he needs to play. He needs to play further forward. He needs to play either on the left or attacking midfielder through the centre. It's as simple as that. You could even play him on the right and get him cutting in. But you could switch him and rotate that with ASM. Like, I don't get how Steve Bruce doesn't see it. Like, no. he's playing him at centre midfield. 
Like, of course, he's going to be impotent in, in you know, centre midfield because he's never played there in his life. It's like he's like he's an under 15 starting all over again, learning a new, new position. Like, yeah. there's no way that I'd sell him because he's still got ability at 26 years old. He's still got four or five years to produce his top level performances. And, you know, fingers crossed we get new owners, we would see the benefits of that. 100%. Yeah, we would. We would. It's a new manager, isn't it? If we got the new manager, they they would spot. You would like to think a a top manager would see that Mig, all of Miggy's qualities and one of his big qualities is his work rate. If you've got a player who's willing to work, willing to run the lines, willing to run after seemingly lost balls, that's the kind of player you want in your team with that never say die attitude. And if you had if you had eleven Miggies on the pitch, you know we 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 wouldn't go far wrong, Pete, because no. the effort is always there with Miggy. Okay, sometimes the quality is lacking a bit, but the effort and the endeavour is always there, and that's why I always, you know, I'll make excuses for Miggy as and when I can because I do, I do appreciate, you know, that he, he does try his very best. Definitely. Well, uh, Jeff said it here. Amiron plays like a sweeper, and, and you're right. He does play like a sweeper because he's been told to play pretty much sweeping up in that midfield. So he's, rather than what Chris has mentioned, which is absolutely right, you've just said that he should be pressing forward, putting pressure on the guys and pressing high up the pitch. Instead, he's having to press back and stop guys from attacking his own 18-yard box. And he's been asked to defend like as deep as he possibly can, so he's nowhere near the goal. Like, how can you show your ability when all you're doing is spending 90 minutes defending your own box? How can he show his ability? How can he make those darting runs like he did against Man United when he's been told to play at the back? When he's been asked to play further forward, we've seen the performances he's capable of. It's, yeah. it, it is what it is. No, it's absolutely right, mate. Absolutely right. Well, without any further ado, I'm going to bring on our second guest. And it's Kevin. How are you doing, Kevin? All right, lad. How you doing? All right, okay, man. mate. Thank you very much for, for waiting on us there. Yeah, really good. appreciate it, mate. And looking no, forward right. to hearing your rant. Go for it. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's just I, I think like on the on the game like the weekend that you know when when are we going to stop being that team that everyone wants to play? Because like you know Wolves Wolves haven't scored any goals at home over this season and yet we turn up and you know we just we're always that team, aren't we? We just we just gift them history and stuff like that. And it's just it's worrying, isn't it? Because like Wolves weren't like you said, Pete. They're 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 a shite, weren't they? And and we yeah. said that last week. We said that last week at Watford, Watford were the same, and we still couldn't beat them. So you know what I mean? It's just like, who, who are they going to beat? It's just, it's really worrying, isn't it? Coming into an international break now, still bottom, second bottom of the league, and it's just, it's not looking good, is it? I think we, as it stands, we're definitely, definitely getting relegated. And I'm not being funny when I say this. We could, we could do what, uh, you know, Sheffield United done last season. Yeah, like, like yeah, twenty points or whatever it was. It's just it's pathetic, isn't it? It's just where where can you where can you see us winning our first game, Kieran? Is there you know is there a particular game that you're thinking, you know, it, yeah, we yeah. can get a win there, or when do you think that can be? I think you're probably looking at the the, the sort of the Brentford Norwich games. I mean, even Brentford, are, you look at that and think, yeah, that's, you you have to get three points, but. They just, you know, they, they've they've been brilliant. They, you know, they scored last kick of the game yesterday. They're, they're a team of fighters. They've got quality. They've got quality players. And you know, they'll come to St James's Park, and no doubt, even Tony will probably score. Like, like, like I said, what we do, it's always always what we do, isn't it? Yeah. And you know what? Fair play to him. 
sticks two fingers up to um, Ashley and and uh, Charlie for selling him because you know that he's a completely different player now, isn't he? And it's just with the, and then you got like Norwich after that. Would you be surprised if we lost that Norwich's first win? No, not for me it wouldn't. But <laughs> not when we done it against Sheffield United, Caden. We did. You're right. This they went after the first win, weren't they? And then they got it. Yeah. If you look at Norwich in the previous seasons, when they've been in the Premier League and they've been awful in the Premier League, we haven't beat them then. You could probably say you could probably say they've actually got better players than what they what they had the previous seasons. Yeah. Like the likes of Gilmore yeah. and you know Rashika and players like that. You know, there's no mugs. They still play good football. Not looking yeah. good, is it? Oh. It's 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 a bad bad situation, a really yeah, really is. bad situation, um, and it, you know, uh, I have to say, you know, seeing seeing Willett go down, uh, and effectively then being told, he effectively was told to carry on playing, um, so he went down twice, he got up twice, then he went down again and was kind of like he kind of forced their hand because I don't think they wanted to take him off, but it was very very clear that he was not ready to continue to play. Like, he was done. And um, I worried that keeping him on the pitch and making him play through the pain has probably made it any injury has worse. Mm. And I worry that he's not going to be available for, for, for a Spurs. You know, it's just a typical Bruce situation. Like, when have you ever seen... And we've had some bad injury moments in in this like at this club. But when have you seen such horrific injury, you know, lists like we've seen under Steve Bruce since he's managed this club? Some crazy, crazy injury lists. Like not even Pardew or McLaren had it this bad. Oh, this is the worst. This is the worst ever. One hundred percent. Like, and it's all our top players. You've got to think. And, and look, you know, this is this is not new to Bruce. He had this at Aston Villa. Yeah. He had this at Sheffield Wednesday. He had this, you know, a lot of his previous clubs, Birmingham we could throw in there. Sunderland, Wigan. he had the same. Wigan. Mm. He had he had horrendous yeah. injury lists at every club he's been to. Like, this is not new. There is clearly something fundamentally wrong about the way he manages his club that creates injury problems. Mm. And it's like... It, 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 it's an absolute joke. It's yeah. an absolute joke. It really, really is. Um, it just feels like he, he's, me. Yeah, it just feels like he's still like living in the eighties, doesn't it? With these like yeah. training methods yeah. that he does. I mean, to be fair, we, as a club, we are we'd still act like that now. To be fair, don't we? So, yeah, it's no surprise. Kevin, Kevin, on the positive, mate. People are commenting here about your lighting, saying you're yeah. lighting good tonight. <laughs> it's hey. a positive, isn't it? It's Kevin, it's getting better, better it? mate. It's getting better. We can see consistency. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Consistency. It, yeah. <laughs> we want to see it again, Kevin. We need the light next yeah. week as well. No, definitely, yeah. But no, it's great to see you, Kevin. And as always, mate, All we right, really so, enjoy you yeah. coming on. And you definitely deserve one of these. I'm going to have to get some more of them, aren't I? I'm going to have to speak to Steve. Got some, yeah, get some, uh, get some, get some other goals in. But Kevin, listen, mate. As always, really appreciate you coming on, mate, and thank you very much for taking your time to come on. And apologies for the delay. Oh no, He's you're on mute, Kevin. 
<laughs> I didn't even take him off screen then. Oh, okay. Do you know what? He does it every week. Just love it, doesn't he? Oh, he so, always leaves his mark, dirty before he goes. And he, do you know what? He always puts a smile on your face. And that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a great quality. I'm sure you'll all agree. Right, Pete, before we carry on in the comments, do us a favour, mate. Have a little look in them comments. See if there's any really good questions on there. We've had lots of really good questions in. Apologies if I haven't put all the comments up on screen. Um, UKPI, I think it was the name, by the way, um, wanted to give a big shout out to Hearts Midlovian. Don't mind Hearts, mate. And uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Okay, so we're going to go with the comments. So the first sponsor is Spider VPN for all your internet security. Get in touch with one of the lads at Spider VPN. They've been a big sponsor of the show now for the, a good few months. We've also got skipsandbins.com, telephone number 0800 25 email inquiries at skipsandbins.com, website www.skipsandbins.com, easy, contract-free, and pay-as-you-go waste collection. We then have LNG Family Funeral Directors. You can find them on 0191 389 7245. We've got our good friends John Justice Allen from qtechshop.co.uk. I've seen John in the chat. John, hope you're well, mate. Really, always really good to see you. We then have Jab Signature, who do all the posters and flyers for the show. If you are liking what we do and you enjoy watching Newcastle Legends, if you're not already subscribed and you're new to the channel, please hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to like the video. Keep those comments coming because, as you, as you know, we absolutely love them. And don't forget to share the show as well with any like-minded Newcastle United fans or friends and family who you think would enjoy it. If you can't watch us live, don't forget you can catch up on iTunes and Spotify. So please make sure you do that. And I want to give a little a, a, a plug to Loaders, but I can't find the Loaders picture. I don't know where it's gone. He's got so rid of it. He's, he's got, got, got rid, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't blame, I, don't, I don't blame him. <laughs> um, so Loaded Mag, you will find myself and Pete, along with Rich, Pete, uh, Rich, Pete, Rich, Daz and Martin. And we we do what what do we do now, people? Three or four shows a week, something like that. Yeah, well, tomorrow, um, live line, live lines back, back by popular demand, and there's already a number of people that are interested in in um, coming on the on the show and talking all things Newcastle United. Um, so if you're interested, get in touch. If you can't make it on the show live, get your video in, ask your question, and we will answer it live on the show. Um, so yeah, we are back, um, and so that'll be from I think seven o'clock tomorrow. Seven o'clock tomorrow, yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, but the promotion will come out at some point this evening. Uh, Daz will be on the, on it. He's an absolute legend getting that stuff out and promoting yeah. it. Um, so yeah, you'll be able to see it. And then we'll be back as always. We've got a new show coming up on Wednesday, uh, the Coach's Corner. Um, myself and Rich will be hosting that show, talking tactics. Talking yeah. tactics, something that Bruce knows nothing about. What we'll to tell Steve to watch? Yeah, well, Steve Bruce, I mean. What, yeah, <laughs> honestly, if I if I had contact with him, I'd be telling him to tune in because he might learn a few things. I know uh, Richie knows knows his stuff, and he does. We'll be, yeah, we'll be talking tactics on Newcastle United. So um, that's another one, another show um, that will be promoted very shortly. And then, as always, um, loaded mag on Friday. No away days this week, but are looking at a big away days next Thursday when we're looking at the Tottenham game. Got um, some good guests lined up, um, so that should be very interesting. So. Look Loads happening uh, with um, Loaded Mag at the moment and Loaded HQ. More to come as well. 
um, some big reveals, hopefully. Oh, mate, somebody, we have got some cracking guests. I'm not just saying that. We have got some cracking guests lined up. So, yeah, make sure you go on um, Loaded HQ. Loaded HQ1, it's on YouTube, isn't it? That's our channel. Um, and if you want to follow yeah. us on Twitter, it's at Loaded HQ1. So we'd love the chase to give us the 1,000 subscribers is it's just down on. there. Just down there. That's it. Do it. Um, I've got a couple of um, couple of things that were mentioned in the uh, in the chat. Actually, a few a few decent questions. Um, I've got. Oh, where is it? I've lost it somewhere. There's that many comments come flying in. Isn't well, the honestly, There's loads of comments it. all the time. It's great. I saw it. It's just absolutely flew by. It's just disappeared, hasn't it? We get loads okay. of comments. So we've got Bill Burnett. Uh, he's put, when do you think we will get a win? I cannot see a win until we play Norwich. Um, even that's a toss-up. Um, you know what? It's, it's a great point. What do you think? When do you think our, our first win will be, Chris? Well, I'm always, I'm always the eternal optimist, Pete, and... I'm I'm fancying Spurs at home. First game back after the international break, Spurs aren't all that, and they're in a little bit of disarray themselves. <laughs> I'm not saying we're going to beat Spurs, but I certainly feel like there's an opportunity there. And in recent seasons, we've not done bad against them. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's definitely, again, another winnable game. Will we win? Who knows? Hopefully Callum Wilson's back. Hopefully Dubravka's back. And I think that makes a massive difference. If you yeah. put in Dubravka in that game against Watford, from what I saw, not Watford, sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, Wolves. If you put Dubravka in net for that Wolves game, I don't think we can see those two goals. Yeah. I think he saves at least one of them, if not both of them. And then you've got a different game on your hands, haven't you? Well, Dubravka's been training now for the last week. And yeah. he'll have another two weeks under his belt, potentially before the Tottenham game. Um, I would be surprised if he's not starting at the Tottenham game. I'll be, I'll be very, very surprised. Yeah. We've also got the likes of Callum Wilson, who's been back doing light training. So he's got two, he'll potentially have two weeks under his belt. You've got Paul Dummett. Hopefully he'll be back soon. He's, he makes a massive difference to this team um, and would slot in very nicely either centre-back or left-back. Would you, would you well, put Paul Dummett in the left centre-back position uh, in a four? Or would you be playing him at left back? I know in it, I know in a back five you put Paul Dummett in the left centre back position, but I'm not sure. Do, do you think Paul Dummett would be all right in a back four as the left centre back, or would I you think, prefer him at the left back? I think if push comes to shove, I'd play him at a left centre back. But I I would right now probably play him as a left back because he's defensively minded. We need to be solid at the back. I'm not overly concerned about the overlapping wing back getting forward, getting balls into the box. Um, at the moment, we need to shore up the defence. And, you know, a lot was talked about Matt Ritchie coming back into the team at the back end of the season, making the difference. Um, I actually think Paul Dummett made a bigger, significant yeah. difference to our team yeah. than Matt yeah. Ritchie did. And one or two of his short long staff that came back into the team. And I think defensively, he just shores things up because he's a natural defender. Now, I wasn't, you know, I was adamant that I thought he would be released this summer when I was talking about this back in November last year. And the reason being is because I didn't think his injury record would hold up in terms of he would stay fit. He did for that chunk of time and he was very, very good. Obviously, the question marks are now come back in because he got injured in pre-season, hasn't kicked a ball since. But I think if he gets a run of games, I think he makes a significant difference to this team. Um, I also would be looking at Jamal Lewis, On, if I'm honest. I think he needs a run of games. He is a young, talented, left-sided defender. Now, coming in and playing minutes 
20 minutes here, 30 minutes there, or a game here, a game there, is no good for a developing young player. He needs to be having a run of games. We can only look at Sean Longstaff as an example of that. He's had a run of games, and the last three games he's looked like a better player, although he didn't play very well on Saturday. But playing as a defensive midfielder, you could argue that that's the reason why. So I think, you know, look, Jamal Lewis needs a run of games in the team. He needs to be given an opportunity. And I think if he's given an opportunity, I think he'll play well. But you could equally say the same about Paul Dummett too. Um, so I think they really, going forward, should be options. And if Matt Ritchie wants to play, I think he needs to be playing further forward and being more productive uh, in, in the team. But, you know, that's just my opinion. So do you think do you think Spurs is a realistic one for the Wimpy? Or do you think maybe, is it Palace after that? Um, we never travel well to Palace. Um, and Palace are playing well at the moment. Although we won there last season, they they did have a number of injury uh, problems. I think Zahar was out as well, which is a big miss for them. Um, I think if they've got all their big hitters, uh, I think they'll turn us over, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do believe that we'll, we'll give Tottenham a good game um, because we're at St. James's Park. If I'm honest, I think we'll probably more likely get a draw than a win against Tottenham. Yeah. And I would certainly take that the way we're playing at the moment. But you look, um, we need a win soon. Um, I, I, you know, Palace has to be targeted as a win, but I just don't believe that we'll get the win because of the way we're playing at the moment. But we haven't got time to mess around. We're seven games into the season. We still haven't won. We're on three points, second from bottom in the league. If that's not telling you that there's a significant problem at this club, I don't know what is. And if they, if that club is not currently searching for possible candidates to take over Steve Bruce, then they are neglecting the club worse than I ever thought that they would neglect this club. And actually, they're, you know, you know, Alan Thompson talked about this earlier about you know protecting his asset. You know, he's refusing to pay this four million to pay him off, or however much it is, and that's fair enough. But ultimately, if we're going into January when this arbitration goes through and we win it PIF have got the got the right to turn around and say hold on I'm not paying 350 million for this club this club are fighting a relegation here and they could get relegated and I could lose hundreds of millions you know that, that I'm going to be paying you I want, I want this club for 250 million I want this yeah. club for 280 million and think about the hundreds uh, the tens of millions that he's going to lose and then he's going nowhere Pete yeah. If we get relegated, he's going nowhere because the club will be valued at roughly 150 million. Yeah. And Ashley will think, well, I've done it twice before. I'll get them back up. And then you fall into the trap. If we don't go back up automatically, which I have grave doubts, if we get relegated, that we will go straight back up. You've then got Ashley for yet another season. Yeah. And then we just become a mid-table championship side who could be you know, flirting with relegation the following, league, uh, the following season. Because then you're going to lose all, all any half-decent player will get snapped up. You're absolutely right. You've got you've got you've got managers out there who are more than capable of getting this squad of players playing. Now, what would you rather? Would you rather a lot less scrutiny and people kicking off and pointing the finger at you and Charlie and Steve Bruce, right? By getting rid of Bruce and getting a manager in that can actually tactically get this team playing and get us picking up results so that when arbitration comes round, we're sitting nice and comfortable in that position where he can demand that 350 million and get that 350 million if we get taken over 
And then we're in a position where we can build on that team and make us even better that makes us purely secure by the end of the season. So then we can go next season, right, now we're going for it. And now we're moving forward as a club. That's the logical thing. And I don't understand that for someone that's been renowned as such a great businessman is making so many mistakes with this club. It doesn't make sense. He cannot be a great businessman if he can't see that. Like that's not even football related. That's just business, good business sense. Keep your keep your keep your investment ticking over and secure and in a very secure position, which is for us points on the board that's going to likely keep us in the league and be comfortable in the league to the point where he can get his money and fuck off. And that's basically yeah. what we want him to do. So I mean, Pete, if we're in, if we're fifteen foot above, we're fifteen foot above in January when this takeover is hopefully going to go through. PIF won't have a problem with that. They'll see it and go, right, we're yeah. going to get two or three players. We'll kick on. We'll get away from it. If we're rooted to the bottom or or even worse, cut adrift and yeah. we're six points away from getting safe, that's when they're going to start negotiating. I would have thought saying, well, all right, we'll give you 300 million, but we want 150 million if they go down. And Ashley could easily pull the plug and go, well, no, that's not the deal. And then all of this waiting, all of this, you know, anxiety and worry is for nothing because we all know how difficult a negotiator Ashley is. And he, I can't see him agreeing to a deal like that because again, it's a gamble, isn't it? And I know he loves a gamble, but he's, he doesn't risk. He doesn't tend to risk with his own money. Does he, in terms of he, he the bet, the bet is always on his side. He, he doesn't, he doesn't take huge risks, which would leave him out of pocket. You're absolutely right. And it's like, you, you you've used the word a couple of times there about being cut adrift. We're in a position where we can still be comfortable with a couple of wins right yeah. now. Yeah, we can. we can. We're still in a position to get ourselves out of this mess that we're currently in right now. But the longer he waits to make this decision, the, the worse it is for him. This international break is the perfect opportunity to do this. It, it, there's no better time to change manager because we've still got fixtures. Like you said, Tottenham, that, that is a game that, you know, with a new manager and a different approach, we could turn the game on its head and get a win. We're at home, yeah. we've got the fans behind us. Then yeah. we go in with a bit of confidence to Palace and we're you, Palace are playing a different Newcastle United and who knows what could happen. And then you've got your games running on from there. You've got your Brentfords in November and, you know, your Arsenal's away and Arsenal ain't playing great. Who's to say we can't turn them over? And I'm looking at, you know, a new manager at bounce and a new manager approach to this team, the natural buzz and the change of the players, yeah. knowing that they've got a new manager that actually knows what the fuck New voices. Doing. Yeah. New voices. That's it. That, that is all things, it is. All of these things can play into our hands right now if we make the decision. But the longer we he the longer he continues to to go with Bruce just because he's paying him a cheap wage and he tells him what he needs to do and he just goes off and does it, right? He's a little puppet. Because that's what Bruce is. He's just a puppet, right? He's just a puppet until he gets paid his money and then he and then he'll go and we'll never see him again. That that's all he is, and he's comfortable doing that. But it comes to a point where it has a detrimental effect on what's happening with the club, and it's happening right now. He needs to act. Well, when you think, Pete, what is it? Tottenham at home, Tottenham at home, Palace away, Chelsea at home, and then Brighton away. So if we yeah. do, if we don't beat Tottenham and we don't beat um, Palace, we're then potentially bringing in a new manager and saying to him, "You've got Chelsea at home. Good luck with that." And then you're coming up against the Brighton sides, who, especially at home, they play good football, don't yeah. they? They know how to pass the ball, and they, 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 we saw it last season. They passed us off the park. 
absolutely passed us off the park. And it's no surprise to me that Brighton's doing so well this season. And they're getting the they're getting the results, aren't they? Obviously, yeah. something they've been working on. We were talking about it last season in terms of in terms of chances created. Brighton were like eighth in the league, so all they needed was just to find that formula to start putting the ball in the back of the net, and that's what they've done this season. And they're, they're reaping the rewards. So coming up against the Brighton team away, I, I really wouldn't fancy it. I wouldn't. No, I agree. Um, and I think I'm going to that game, so it doesn't feel which home. <laughs> Oh, I've got to be honest, but um, but look, you know, hopefully we're in a much much better position by then, and hopefully, fingers crossed, we've got a new manager. But I personally can't see it. Um, life goals. I said, has anyone got uh, gone ever gone ballistic on this show? Would be interesting to do one right after a game to see some furious fans. You know what? It's a great shout, and I imagine you would get some absolutely furious fans. And I think two of us that are on right now would be would be two that would be properly properly kicking off um <laughs> after we've had to go on match day live haven't we pete match day yeah. live i've, I've lost yeah. me top a couple of times on match day live but it, it it's hard it's i think it's hard to actually kind of go on like a, a mega ballistic rant at the moment because it, we feel like we've been doing it for 18 months yeah. and it, it's not getting any better is it and i think it's when you know that you're not getting you're not being heard and that that's a frustration isn't it i mean we, you know we've done the protests that didn't work we've you know we're shouting Bruce out but it only lasts so long and only a few fans are singing it and you do you do feel like you just want that real big together pull don't you to kind of say listen we you know we need to we need to be counted here we need to stand up but it's getting that together which I appreciate is really difficult it's not easy nah I agree uh, definitely. We've got um, Babo here. Thanks, Alan. Having the therapy helps his fans get through uh, to the next game. Babo is absolutely right. Um, it, it, it doesn't help, help uh, doesn't half help, and it, it makes us feel better as fans to be able to talk about it, whether whether it's on the chat, trading views, or or coming onto the show. Um, but anyone, feel free to come on, share your opinions. Uh, they're all always appreciated. You've got Chris McCarthy. He's got a different view. All this wider to wilder talk. No, thank you. Would rather Steve Bruce um, both dinosaurs. Wow. That's a big, that's a big one. Interesting. Yeah, it is um, interesting. Yeah, anyone with a, any other opinions about Chris Wilder? Do you think he'd be good enough? Do you think he'd make a difference? Uh, personally, I thought he did a really good job at Sheffield United. I think he has a certain way of playing which gets teams organised and gets them playing with high intensity and work rate and, and working together as a team. Um, I think the downfall for Chris Wilder at Sheffield United it was that you know he had very limited players. So you look around his team, he had very much players that came from League One and he wanted to progress and buy some Premier League players and they, they kind of said, no, we're not going to do that. The difference is, is we've got Premier League players. We've got Alisson Maximin and Callum Wilson and, and Miggy Amiron who are already Premier League players that he would get working in a system that would bring out the best in them. And he has the ability to really kind of organise and tactically put together a team. He's also not afraid to say how he, what he thinks. And that maybe is the downfall between him and his relationship with Charlie and, and Mike Ashley is that he's very much his own man. And he will tell people what he thinks. So if Ashley comes along with this mentality that, you know, um, 
we've got no money to spend or you can't do this or you've got to say this in a press conference, he'll probably tell Ashley where to go. So mm. that would be maybe his downfall in terms of being manager of this club. But I certainly wouldn't say no to him. I would prefer um, Eddie Howe because I think he's tactically better. And because he knows a number of these players currently in our squad, I think he would get a, a significant tune out of these boys um, to the end of the season. I'm not talking like it gets into Europe. I'm not saying that. But he would get us away from this relegation battle to get us comfortable in this league to the point where we're not having to worry about being relegated. And with everything that's going on with our future of the club, that's all we need right now, unfortunately. It's not very positive. It's not ambitious. But at the moment, we're, we're, we're kind of surviving until a takeover happens. And yeah. that's the reality. We're just surviving yeah. until that happens. So mm. if we can survive until January, until that gets signed off, then I'd be all for that. Yeah. It's, it's not It's not often I disagree with Chris McCarthy because I think he makes some great points. But to yeah. be honest, Chris, I, I would I would take Wilder over Bruce. I'm not saying Wilder is the answer, the long-term ambition, the five-year manager. Absolutely not. But I, there's, there's a lot of managers I would take over Steve Bruce right now. A lot of managers. And as Pete said there, tactically, Eddie Howe's probably better. But in terms of getting a reaction and, you know, getting the get, getting the players organised and getting them all working for each other and for the team and the club, I think Chris Wilder wouldn't be such a bad, such a bad option. And maybe he would want to get back into football. And like Pete said, you know, people forget... Chris Wilder went down with Sheffield United, but if you look at that squad that he was working with, like Billy Sharp was one of his main players. And then no offence to Billy Sharp, I think he's been a fantastic servant for Sheffield United, but he's not a Premier League player. Never has been. No, never has been. That's why he's not hardly played in the Premier League. And he he was even getting a tune out of him, wasn't he? He got a good good number of Premier League goals. But like you say, imagine him... Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Imagine, imagine, imagine him working with the likes of St. Maximum, Miggy, Wilson, Longstaff, Jamal Lewis. He probably get playing better. Federico Fernandez, Dubravka, Manquillo. I could go on. I, yeah. I think, I think he would as a as a bit of a stopgap. I, I think he'd do a decent job. Definitely, and I think he'd, he'd snap his hand off to come to us. And equally, I think, um, I think that Wilder would do the same. Uh, if I'm honest, I think. Uh, both of them would do anything, even for a short stay at the club, because the club, the club's reputation is still very, very high within the managerial world. And if they came in and whipped this team into shape and did a good job and kept us comfortable, and then we had a takeover and they got the consortium got their own manager in, I think they'd walk away quite happy that their reputation is still intact, if not better. Get them another job, wouldn't they? Go on to get another job, exactly. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Um, got Wilder is a is better than Bruce Chris by a yard. I would agree with that. Um, well um talk about Chris McCarthy. Um, there is another one as well. Um, <laughs> there's just there's just comments everywhere. I mean, I'm just looking yeah. in the corner. There's like I'll 60 new Ronald, comments we haven't got to. Yeah, I would take Ronald McDonald, um, over uh, Bruce Bollock. Um, Bruce Bollock, yeah, yeah. just the one. Bruce Bollocks definitely but Keith has said um, I would take Wilder every time over Bruce Um, I would agree Um, we've got uh, Dolphin Geordie if you were going to change manager Ashley would have sacked Bruce straight after the game but hasn't Um, you'd think so Dolphin Geordie You you would think so but we we live in hope and there's a hell of a long time till our next game I think it's a week on Sunday 
So there's still there's still plenty of time. And maybe you don't know. Maybe maybe Ashley's going to wait for this cat case. Maybe maybe the cat case hearing results will be out sooner rather than later. You never know. That could that could change his mind. Imagine the cat case fails. He's going to have to do something. Yeah, I agree. It also could be all change. Uh, Mark yeah, says, I see uh, Gattuso uh, keeps getting mentioned. He does keep getting mentioned. Um, personally, I wouldn't take Gattuso. I mean, look, I take him over Bruce all day long, uh, 100%. But yeah. um, I, I have question marks um, if I had the choice between... So if Bruce had got sacked and we had a choice between a number of managers, Wilder, Howe, Gattuso. Gattuso as a player was outstanding. He was a fantastic player. I have reservations about him as a manager. Um, the managerial positions that he's taken up have not been for long. Um, he's either been sacked or moved on, moved on through differences of opinions within the club. I don't particularly think... Mike Ashley would go for him because I think there'd be there'd be clashes there. Um and I think he's a bit of a whirlwind. I think he's only there for a short period of time to yeah. whip up the whip up teams. And even then he hasn't whipped up many teams. He plays okay football, but I've just got I I'd have concerns about Katusa, but but I'm not saying that I wouldn't take him over Bruce. I would take him over Bruce 100 percent I'd take and, and pretty much any manager. Yeah, right yeah, now. I've said the same. I've said the same. Um, but yeah, he's um, a bit more of a risk, isn't he, Pete? I think, yeah. and it, especially with the inexperience to the Premier League, and yeah. like you say, he's a bit of a fiery character. I mean, for example, imagine he was to fall out with Saint Maximin or yeah. Callum Wilson. That that's the problem you've got. You need someone who's going to unite the players, and someone like Gattuso, it could backfire. He could unite the players, but he could similarly split the dressing room because he is a fiery character. He was like that on the pitch. And for someone who hasn't got the Premier League experience, I would always be looking for someone who's done it in the Premier League and knows knows the league, knows the players. That would be an advantage for me. Yeah, no, uh, it's a great point. I, I'd agree. I agree. Um, Gary says, I'd rather have... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Gene Wilder than Bruce or Gene Wilder than Chris Wilder? Um... <laughs> Just as long as it's not Steve Bruce, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Give Jim Wilder oh, a crack. Why not? Definitely. Uh, Alan Thomas, um, I would rather have <laughs> Dave Wilder. Um, I haven't got a clue Dave Wilder. I have no idea who it is. No. Nobody knows him either. No. Um, but we take him, Alan. We take him. Definitely. Uh, Yano says, keep talking about bringing in players. Ain't happening until we move players out. We have a full squad. I would sell Woodman, Longstaff, Fraser, Murphy, Darlow, Lascelles, Gale. Um... Yeah, look with with, with the new owners. Uh, I don't. Oh, they'd all go with new owners. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was. You know, maybe maybe Fraser and Longstaff would probably stay. Um, I think the rest of them would would quite quickly get moved on. There is there is no doubt about that whatsoever. Um, and I think I don't think many people would argue with that under new owners. But under the current owner, all of those players are staying at the club. It's as simple as that. Uh, maybe yeah. wouldn't we'll go on loan. The, cha- the championship, aren't they, Pete? Championship yeah. players? Well, not all of them, but a good a good number of them are. Yeah. I mean, Fraser's better than the championship. Yeah. Murphy, you could argue, might be better than the championship. Sean Longstaff, mm. he would probably shine in the championship, but certainly yeah. Gale, Lascelles, Darlow, and Woodman, for me at the moment, are championship players. Yeah, I'd agree. Definitely. 100%. Um, we've got... 
Do you think Claudio Ranieri would come <laughs> to Newcastle under the current setup? No manager of any calibre want to come to us. Um, I, I think he would come to Newcastle. Uh, he was, but he's gone to Watford, hasn't he? Yeah, I don't know whether yeah. it's signed, sealed, or delivered, but it was very close, and he will yeah. be announced. Uh, I, I assume as Watford manager very, very quickly. That's the one thing Watford do is that when they get rid of a manager, they've already got, got one lined up. So they've already yeah. had the conversation, whereas we've been well, well, doc- it's been well documented that we sack a manager first and pay him off. Then we go looking for a manager. And we yeah. do things so slow and so late that we're just so, um, you know, reactive rather than proactive. Uh, yeah. And that's just been, you know, that's just, that's not just with managers, that's with transfers and everything Any, related anything. to the club. It's yeah. just so bad. Um, yeah, he's gone, Pete. Three hours ago, yeah. it was confirmed. He's gone. Okay. He's gone to offers. Yeah. Right, he's done. Uh, Jeff said, um, so what do you what do you think about Graham Jones? Um, look, Graham Jones is a, a fantastic coach. It's as simple as that. As a manager, no, I wouldn't take him as a manager because I don't think he's, he's managerial material. But you, he came in and made a significant difference to the team and the way we played from when we were for how we were playing beforehand. So he's he's already had his stamp on the on the team. You can tell by the interviews of the players that the players respect him. You also then throw into that that he was handpicked by the England manager, Gareth Southgate, and brought into the England setup for the Euros. For the to the Euros in which England got to the final and only lost on penalties, he could be a European winner right now as as a coach uh, um, with Gareth Southgate. So his stock has risen way above and beyond Newcastle United right now. But he's a Geordie and he loves the club, so he's still here. Now our concern is is not is he going to be manager or what is he doing at this club? I think he's doing more than enough. I think it's the manager that's not doing the business right now but our concern is 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 how long is he going to stay at this club and is another team going to come and pick him off so there was talks of Ronald Koeman getting sacked at Barcelona and potentially Roberto Martinez getting getting the job and if he got the job there was a chance that you know Graham Jones goes with him now are you going to deny him going to Barcelona no you don't turn that down you you don't turn it down so my my concern is is that he's going to leave and go elsewhere that's my biggest concern so um, I think he's a very very good coach he's got the respect of the players he had the respect of the England players if you saw any of the pictures they absolutely loved him Harry Kane Jack Grealish Harry Maguire the top top players in the England setup had massive respect for him so you know, this isn't our predicament. Is not down to Graham Jones. Our predicament is down to um, Steve Bruce. It, it, it's it's as simple as that. It, it's just yeah. the way it is. Absolutely, mate. Uh, right, got some more questions. There's I keep Jones. looking at the comments, and they keep going up. <laughs> they just do. Has <laughs> uh, Jones not been Bruce? Um, yeah, if Bruce stays any longer, he will be. He yeah. will be. Uh, yeah. I, I guarantee it. Um, at one hundred percent, Janos put. If I if I was manager, I would pick Newcastle over Watford, even with Ashley. Yeah, you probably would. Yeah, but yeah there's was. no way Ashley's going to approach him. Um, <clears throat> yeah, there is one hundred percent. Mate, it looks like we've lost Pete. Pete did warn me that this might happen. Okay, so has Jones not been bruised? 
Oh, where we go, where we go. I like this one, life goals. Chris, are you fonder of Liverpool or Everton or indifferent to both? Yeah, that's an interesting question, life goals, because I was originally, if if I had to choose, I probably would have said, um, I probably would have said Everton back in the day. Um, but nowadays, I would have to say probably Liverpool. And the reason for that is because for some reason, Everton have taken a, a massive disliking to Newcastle. Don't know why. Um, but yeah, the rivalry with Everton is quite fierce now. And uh, a lot of my blue mates wind me up and seem to think that Everton are far superior clubs to Newcastle, which of course they're not. Um, so yeah, I would say at this moment in time, I would probably side with Liverpool, which not not everyone will agree with, but I probably would. Listen, everyone, thank you very much for all the comments. It's been absolutely great. I've really enjoyed doing the show. Um, tune in next week. We're going to be back for the for the for the rant <laughs> trying to remember i was going to say uh, that the uh lose the live then but yeah we're back next week for the rant it's been an absolute pleasure thank you very much for everyone tuning in i'm really really sorry that i couldn't get all the comments up as i say it's, we've just been absolutely inundated but listen thank you very much for watching really appreciate it and i look forward to it next week take care everybody Talking to myself again